The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and southeastern New Mexico will continue to be America's main source for energy independence. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by NOV. NOV delivers technology-driven solutions to empower the global energy industry. For more than 150 years, NOV has pioneered innovations that enable its customers to safely produce abundant energy while minimizing environmental impact. The energy industry depends on NOV's deep expertise and technology to continually improve oil field operations and assist in efforts to advance the energy transition towards a more sustainable future. NOV powers the industry that powers the world. Coming up later in our show, we have a big giveaway announcement from today's sponsor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that you are having a fantastic week. I'm here in Midland, Texas, in my office at Rig ID with Ross Peters, and Ross is the sales director with Andrews Pump and Supply. Ross, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited, too. We're going to hear all about your story, how we met, how this podcast came to be, (laughs) what you're doing, the good things happening here in West Texas. But first, I just want to thank everyone who's taken a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate those five-star reviews. You know, the four-star is nice, but we really like the five-star, so hint, hint. And I really want to thank each and every one of you who have done that. And remember, if there's somebody's story that you want to hear here in West Texas, just contact us. Let us know. We will make sure that we get them behind this microphone on a future episode. So once again, I want to welcome Ross Peters with us today. Ross, how are you? I'm excited to be here. It's I'm, another great day in the Permian Basin. we got a lot of rain going on right now. Thank God for the rain. It's, I know. It's, it's, it's needed over the last year. It's been a drought lately. So excited about that and just excited to come and talk to you today. Fantastic. Well, tell us first of all, a little bit about how you got in the oil and gas industry. Oh, well, I'm kind of an interesting story. I didn't get here on purpose for sure. I I never had a reason to come to the oil fields and never, never really thought that was going to be my career. You're not alone, by the way. (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, I had family in the oil field. My my granddad was a pumper farmer and and I have some uncles that are involved in the oil field and, and I grew up around it a little bit, but I didn't know anything about it coming in. We actually, after I graduated from Texas Tech, I took up a couple different jobs up in Lubbock and my wife decided she wanted to go to PA school. And Texas Tech actually hosts their PA school down here in Midland, Texas at Midland College. It's a weird thing. I don't know why they do it, but that's that's how they actually host the whole thing. Yeah, they have a great program. They do have an excellent program, and it was a big thing for her to get to go do. So we chose to move to Midland, and this was sometime around 2007, 2008. And just so happened there was kind of the first of the latest booms rolling through Midland, Texas, and kind of a vertical drilling market that was going on here. And I had a cousin who had a friend who sold drill bits in the oil field. And and that's kind of what happened with me is I needed a job and I'd had a lot of years selling things and doing customer service and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so I thought, well, I need a job. This one's offered and here we go. And and I came and interviewed and took a position selling drill bits in the field for Baker Hughes. Fantastic. So Baker was your first, that was your first big yeah. oil field job. It was my first oil field job. I didn't know anything about it. My interview story is kind of funny if you want to hear about it. Absolutely. I so, love stories. <laughs> so it was really funny. I'd been interviewing for a lot of different jobs and things like pharmaceuticals and business environments, things you wear a suit and tie and 
you know, you have your resume with you and it's a super professional environment. Right. And when we came down here, I'd already applied for the job and we actually came down here looking for housing prior to me even having a job, right? We were coming down here just trying to figure out where we were going to live. You, th- you think it's hard to find a house now. Back then there was no apartments. That's true. It was really, was really tough, tough right? So my wife's like crying throughout the day because we're going to have to get on six month waiting lists everywhere and where are we going to live and what are we going to do? And I got a I got a call from a guy named Garland Hadley, calls me up on the phone and says, hey, I work for Baker Hughes. I'm the hiring manager for the job you applied for. And if you're interested, I'd love to get you down here to interview you. And I told him, I said, well, I'm in town right now, but I'm not prepared for an interview. So we're going to have to reschedule. And he said, nope, meet me at Buffalo Wild Wings at 3.30 this afternoon. And I said, man, I got to tell you, I'm, I mean, I'm in shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> I mean, I'm not ready for an interview. This isn't going to work. He said, nope, just meet me at Buffalo Wild Wings and the rest take care of itself. Just show right. up. So we did that. We went and we sat down at Buffalo Wild Wings and my wife actually sits in a booth, you know, like across the, it's the most awkward thing ever. I love this. This is great. (laughs) And he walks in, he's got a big cowboy hat on and he's definitely an oil field guy. I mean, I know, I recognize that now. Then I really didn't know what that was. And he comes in and he sits down and he orders a beer and I'm like, (laughs) what are we doing? And he offers me a beer and I'm going, I really don't know what, I don't, is this a trick question? Am I supposed to say yes or no? Because again, I'm used to like these are professional type interviews. I'm not... This is an oil field deal, and and at the time, it was something new to me, right? Right. So we sat down there, and we talked for a little while, and we kind of, you know, he interviewed me. It was a very, very relaxed interview and and uh, laid back, and he said, well, he said, I only have one more thing I want to do before I decide if I'm going to hire you or not. And I said, okay, what's that? He said, is your wife still here? And I said, well, she's sitting in the booth over there. He said, well, tell her to come over. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, now it's getting really weird. <laughs> So I look at my wife, I'm like, can you come over here? And she's looking like, what, why, why would I? Why are you doing this? Well, this is your why, job interview. Yeah, super, <laughs> super weird, right? And so he, she comes over and sits down and he proceeds to tell her about how hard this job's going to be for me and her. And basically put it out to her and said, listen, wow. he's going to be in the truck 5,000 miles a week. He's going to be running all over the all over the place. He'll be out on rigs overnight running drill bits. He'll get called out at three o'clock in the morning. And I just always want to have a conversation with wives and just let them know what you're getting into before you do it. Which is actually kind of a noble thing, but yes. also an odd conversation, right? So shocking at the same time, right? <laughs> exactly. So we finished up the interview. It all went okay, and we're no, we didn't get to the car. And my wife's going, "You're not taking a job with that guy or that company." <laughs> now, mind you, at the time, I didn't know who Baker Hughes was. I mean, third largest probably service right. company in the world. I mean, they're a really big company, very professional company. Right. But, but at the time, for that position and what it was. It was a pretty relaxed environment, right? Well, and that's the most West Texas interview story ever. Oh, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty typical around here. <laughs> absolutely. Just, <laughs> it's just what it is, right? It is what it is. But yes. we didn't know that at the time. Right. And, I, and I looked at her and simply said, sweetheart, I have to have a job, and this is a job, so I'm probably going to take it, right? And mm-hmm. and that's what happened. He, they offered me a job, and at the time, I wasn't making much. I was actually working for a nonprofit in, in Lubbock, Texas, making pennies, and whatever he gave me, I just took it on the spot, which you know would probably be hard to deal with now. But at the right. time, I thought, never a poor day again. And here we go in the whole field. I was excited to join. And I got in a truck and started visiting rigs. And, you know, the the rest is kind of, I guess, history from there. Got a lot of good opportunities with Baker Hughes, a lot of upward kind of mobility with them. And every time I tried to leave Midland, I got offered a new job here. And, right. and we were lucky enough to come to Midland in the Permian Basin when it became, right at the infancy of when it became probably if not the most, one of the most kind of prolific basins in the world at the time. And so that was just, I guess, blind luck for us, really. We were in the right place at the right time. And every time I'd interview for a job somewhere else, I'd get a new opportunity here. Yeah. And that just kind of was was able to kind of propel my whole career and in, in, in where I ended up today. 
And that's the Permian. It kind of reels you in and keeps you here. It does. It, <laughs> does. it, it is a great place. To, and it really is a great place to raise a family. And we can talk about mm-hmm. family in just yeah, sure, a minute. We, sure. we can go so many directions today, Ross. <laughs> ah, where are we going to go? I'll let's drop the go. light switch on the wall if you want me to. So don't worry about <laughs> I'm that. Say, let's start with what you're doing now here okay. in the Permian. I've been saying there's a buzz here in the mm-hmm. basin. It's mm-hmm. definitely busier. Talk to us a little bit about what you do with Andrew's Pump and Supply. Okay, so Andrew's Pump and Supply is a family-owned business. We're third generation. Bill Summers actually started Andrew's Pump and Supply in 1969, which makes us probably the oldest pump and supply shop out there still today. We've been basically serving customers in the Permian Basin for 52 years now. We have three kind of facets of our business we focus on. Our main bread and butter thing is is rod pumps, downhole rod pumps. Mm-hmm. We service those. We actually manufacture all our own parts. We manufacture and service those. Nice. And then we also provide the oil filled with any kind of supplies it needs to continue to function. So if they go to change a rod pump out, a lot of times they'll need some parts and pieces to go back on the wellhead or go back and back to the location to, you know, kind of finish up their work, or they might be doing some work on a tank battery or something out there. So we'll provide a lot of the supplies, things like pipes, valves, and fittings, that measurement devices, that kind of stuff. We also work with larger companies like midstream companies and and uh, groups doing construction out in the oil field on like an SWD or a tank battery. We do a lot of that work in the supply world as well. And then on the backside with the manufacturing, we actually have a 10,000 square foot manufacturing center in Andrews, Texas. Mm-hmm. We have 30 CNC automated machines that can produce any kind of part or piece you need. That was developed really through the rod pump side to do our own parts and fittings for our rod pumps. But we actually do fittings for everyone from Baker Hughes to Slumberger to all kinds of people. We manufacture a lot of different parts and pieces there in that shop. So Fantastic. we kind of have three different facets to that business. And that's what we focus on. We're a small we're a small company that that gives people the intention they need the attention they need when they need it, and we try to show up and do a good job for everyone. And we're just working to continue to grow through this interesting cycle we're in right now. It is definitely interesting, and we're going to talk about that. But first, there's this little burrito place in Andrews. Uh-huh. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> no, it does. <laughs> but but it's like when you're when you're leaving Andrews, like going west, it's on the right hand side. Uh-huh. Do you know what that place is called? I don't know what it's called. I don't either. A, but they have the best burritos you will ever have. <laughs> I'm going to have to try it. I haven't yet. Yes, please do. It's it's amazing. <laughs> but let's talk about what you know. 2020, I think, has really changed a lot of how. We're we're doing business now in 2021. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the changes and the challenges that you've seen in your company and what you're optimistic about as we move forward into this new season. Here we are, oil's at 66, is that right? Yeah, it's Six, perking up right now. $65 today. So yeah, yes, yeah. I love seeing the green. I, I love it when I see the green and the plus sign. <laughs> that always makes me smile. At the end of the day, especially. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what changes? Where do you see this going? Well, it's been an interesting interesting cycle for me. So when I left Baker Hughes, I'd had a lot of great opportunities there and I made a choice to kind of to change and do something different. And I went and sold rigs for neighbors for a short amount of time. And then you know, like you said, this little thing called 2020 and COVID happened and I had to make another change. I was fortunate enough to be able to come on with Andrew's Pump, which is a smaller, smaller business, one that it was established and had some roots in the ground and was and was doing really well. And the thing that was the biggest struggle, I think, through that whole side of it was just how far everything completely shut down. Yes. I mean, it, there was a two month period where there was nearly nothing. I mean, it's just about nothing going on in the entire basin, right? So barely any cars on Loop 250. Or 191. It got weird for a long time, right? And I think the disconnected piece that's come out of that, the Permian's always been pretty small. I mean, it's big, but it's really small. The communities are small and the people, the people talk a lot, right? And it's never felt more disjointed probably than it did through 2020 and still a little bit today. I feel like some people are still kind of having a hard time pulling back out of 
what became the normal. I think, I think the norm during the whole kind of COVID interruption and through most of the last year or so. I'm excited to kind of move forward, I think, into whatever's next, I think, to see people, you know, start getting together again. I feel like we're starting to see more people starting to want to talk and wanting to go to lunch and wanting to get out. And if they can get let you in their office, I've yes. gotten to more offices, I think, in the last two or three weeks than I had in probably months. Yay. So it's it's not <laughs> solved yet. There's plenty that are still shut down, but it is it is improving a little bit at a time. And it does feel like it's getting a little bit better every week. I think oil prices improving will help all of that as well. As these operators have a little more cash to work with, hopefully they'll they'll put some more people back to work and you'll start to see some recovery kind of head back around, I think. I'm hoping sooner than later. Your company, you said, has been around since the 60s. Mm-hmm. You, you have been in the business since 2008. So you have seen, let me, if I count this correctly, one, two, two three cycles already. Three cycles, yes. And, and then your company even mm-hmm. more. What has been the biggest lesson learned through the ups and downs of the cycles? cycles. I I have to pluralize that because we all know there will be more. (laughs) Well, I think the biggest lesson learned, honestly, is that none of them are the same. That's Um, a good point. Yeah. You know, 2009 was backed off the housing crisis really in 2008 that it hit. And I say to that, it was really 2008. It hit most of the oil economy. It hit us really hard in 09. And so it was short cycle because of that too. Mm. It didn't take long. And then we also had this little shale thing that was happening everywhere else in the country that finally came here after that down cycle. And interesting enough, I was, you know, that first cycle when it happened, I was the last of 12 guys working the field for Baker Hughes selling drill bits. So you talk about a shock to the system, right? right. I mean, it was everything everybody warned me about going to the oil field, right? was happening right. right in front of my eyes. And somehow, you know, I, I was kept on, right? I was lucky enough, worked hard enough, whatever happened there, that I was able to stick around through that through that cycle. The second cycle in 15 and 16 was its own unique thing because mm-hmm. – we were an entire different market at that point, and it had a lot more to do with, with the global supply at the time and what was going on there. And I was on the opposite side there. I actually was the person having to do the rifts and the layoffs with a large service organization. So the lessons I learned there, you know, where, where I got to be on the, on the other end of it at first, where it was more about learning, okay, how are they going to do cuts? What's going to happen? And going through all the emotions of that. And then literally seeing them cut all my buddies, right, that I worked with. Oh. and. I'm the last one left. Well, now I'm the guy that gets to do that, right? So I got to experience the other side of that that downturn. And that was really tough too, because it's not harder than being on the other side of the table, but it's not a whole lot better either than having to tell the guy that or to tell the girl that, right? Right. And then I moved through this last down cycle and then I was on the downside of it. I lost a, I lost my job, right? So it's been interesting to kind of see how they, they've all changed and they all have different dynamics to them. This last one probably would have been different. It started really in a weird mix up with OPEC, right? Where they came in and really pushed prices down on on, on purpose. But then you had COVID hit on, on top of that, right? Which just basically meant we're going to be an oversupply for a very, very long time and kind of just destroyed the market. And so- The every, perfect, the perfect unperfect storm. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, double whammy. And, and here we are talking about all the bad stuff, right? But, but it's real, it's real, right? And it's right. part of what we're having to pull through now. And I think that, I hope there's been a lot of lessons learned through these last two down cycles. The one thing I did see was there was too much too much good when it was good in 14 mm-hmm. and too much bad when it was bad in 15 and 16. So it, let's just have know, a nice little happy medium. Oh, Wouldn't absolutely. that be good for 2021? <laughs> well, and, and the unfortunate side is you see it in 17, 18, it gets too good again. And then here we are again, right? And I think that's yeah. the hard part with the oil field. When it's too good, it's too good. And when it's too bad, it's too bad. And I feel like we've got to find some balance somehow throughout mm-hmm. these marketplaces. And I think the operators are going to have to do that. 
And they're going to have to figure out a way to live off cash and actually run some businesses for a while. And just the way the rest of us are going to have to. Yeah, I'd like to see some balance for a while. I'd like to see kind of, you know, this 60 to $75 oil is not a bad thing. Right. I think it could be good, good long term. I could not agree more. Let's talk about something that you and I were talking about beforehand, because I think this is just an interesting, fun story. But Permian Perspective, the podcast, would not be here if it wasn't for you. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) I think it is. I think it is. But really, this was your idea many years ago when we started Mm -hmm. back in 2019. And so I just want to say thank you, because I love doing this, and I love sharing the stories of oil (laughs) and gas. But why did you think it was a good idea? Well, so at the time, I want to say this is probably somewhere around 2018. Podcasting, and it really, I mean, it's around for 10 years, but it really started picking up steam probably in the last five years, I would say, at least in my brain it did. We needed some new ways to reach out to the market. When I was working for Baker Hughes, I was in a role that was functioning as like a marketing sales manager over all the product lines here in the Permian Basin. And so we were talking about some new ways to both get, originally it was the idea of, hey, how do we get more product information out? Because that's the way it always starts, right? Right, right. And then I, it it became more of a, no, how how do we, how do we work within the company maybe sponsor something that could be that could be good out in the community, how we get more outreach, how do we get our brands out there? And this is the whole conversation we're having, right? And I looked at him one day, I said, what about a podcast? And we're in a room full of a lot of middle to upper management guys. And they all looked at me cross-eyed, like, what are you talking about? What's a podcast? Right. Are you talking about Joe Rogan? We're not doing that, right? Or whatever, <laughs> right? Which, by the right. way, he is a fantastic show too. But, yes. you know, the, the few people who even knew what, what a podcast was at the time kind of looked at me cross-eyed. Fortunately, though, at the time, our VP, who was there, Jamie Butler, she looked at me and she said, you know what, that could be a good idea. And we had a couple other people that thought it could, too. So we started brainstorming around how that could become a thing. And we talked to OGGN. We had some discussions with them. They wanted me to do it. I didn't want to do it. They wanted Alex to do it. He didn't want to do it. And your name came to my mind, actually. And I said, well, how about Krista? Why don't we call her? She's interested. And I think Jamie had already met Al or something, and they had some conversations. And kind of the rest is history. From there, it, yeah. it, it just took off, and it's been going ever since. It's been going great ever since. Well, so thank you. And I really do mean it. I really appreciate it because it's funny, and you didn't even know this at the time, but I, my husband, Al, and I would have been talking, and I was like, I, I think I want to start a podcast. <laughs> and like I swear, it was in the exact same like month timing yeah. that that this happened, and I just thought, you know, and it just kind of confirms once again that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that you, you know, mm-hmm. were willing to step up in those those meetings and go, mm-hmm. hey, this is a needed thing. And I'm just glad it, it fell in my lap, and and we can do this because I think the thing about the Permian that I love, and I've been here 23 years now, is the people, mm-hmm. and that's what. What I get to do is I get to visit like people like you, and, and I get to hear your story and why you're here and learn from you. And I love that we can do that in this place because oil and gas, I feel like we are we. It's a special, it's a special little, mm-hmm. you know. I don't want to say we're in a bubble, but we are kind of out here in the middle of nowhere, five and a half Absolutely. hours we're from our own bubble. Together. Every major city, yes. And so I just kind of I love that we get to you know highlight this great industry and the great people that are in it. So thank you. Yeah, and that was the goal, right? I mean, I, I love podcasting because it's it's more long form communication, right? You can have a one on one conversation, and and you get to hear kind of points of view that aren't just snippets that you see through the news, right? It's not just right. opinion that they want to cast out over everyone. You get to hear from real people. You get to hear real stories. And I think that's one of the things that your podcast, as well as many others, get to accomplish. You kind of get to you get personal with people, right? right. It's almost like you're sitting there with them having a conversation when you're listening in your truck. And mm-hmm. I think that goes a long way with people. And it's really the future of the way most media is going nowadays. So 
I'm glad you were able to get involved well. You're doing a good job of it. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And if you are sitting here listening in, in your truck, thank you. <laughs> Drive carefully. <laughs> That's the mom and me that just came right. out. Be careful if you're podcasting and driving at the same time. But I really do. It's It's been a lot of fun and I'm grateful. And, and, I, and I have so many more questions. I do want to mention that once again, I'm sitting here with Ross Peters. Ross is the sales director for Andrew's Pump and Supply. And it's just been fun to hear your story. And now, mm-hmm. before I ask you some final questions, I want to get personal, want to find out okay. what you listen to, what, what podcasts you okay. love, um, and books that you're reading. What are you feeding yourself these days? I listen to a lot of different podcasts, some oil-filled stuff. There's two or three guys out there that have some stuff I listen to. I listen to OGGN stuff. Awesome. I'm listening to you, Krista, obviously listen well, to this you. podcast. You know, <laughs> Although I'll, you did tell me you probably won't listen to your own. <laughs> I don't think I'll listen to my... I, I don't want to hear myself talk. I talk to myself enough as it is, Krista. Well, you so. should listen to it. It's good. You're doing great. <laughs> but no, I, I'm a big podcaster now. It's kind of my new favorite thing. I'm a big reader, and I've become more of a book-on-tape guy. Mm-hmm. I'm driving back and forth to Andrews a lot, so I have some time to do that. That seems to work better with my schedule than actually getting... I've got three kids. Right. Sitting down to read a book doesn't happen very often. So Yes, I'm right there with you. We're in the listening to books stage. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And and I you know I used to be a really avid reader. I'd go through a lot of books every single year and I kind of got to the point too where a lot of them kind of got back to my favorite book and they all tied back into the Bible really at the end of the day. Everything I ever learned from any book that I ever read, I seem to find the same lesson in one book. And so I sure. you know that's that's where I spend my time reading if I get an opportunity to the podcast thing I think is great. Number one, I think you get to you get to learn a lot about people, mm-hmm. kind of in, uninterrupted, and so that's that's a thing I listen to a lot. And I, I mean, you name it, I probably listen to it. There's a bunch of outdoor guys I listen to, the hunting and fishing guys. The meat eater guys are great. They've got a great podcast. The I meat listen to some, eater guys, yeah, the meat that... eater. Have you not heard of meat eater? Oh, no. they're, they're awesome. They, they're really really good. Steve Ranella kind of started his company okay. up. It's called Meat Eater. He's a hunting guy. It's what he does. He eats, he hunts and eats what he hunts. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian, but I will well, listen to the meat eaters. Well, guys. Yeah, but, but they're actually fantastic. You, you might enjoy them, actually, but they have a great podcast because they also talk a lot about conservation. Oh, that's awesome. Um, they're big into that. They talk about new laws coming through legislation and how they're going to affect certain things and whether it's salmon populations or elk runs or whatever it is they're looking at and talking about. So cool. they've got a really good podcast out there that I enjoy. You know, I listen to Rogan every now and again because he's got something crazy going on all the time. If, I'm, if I don't have anything else to listen to, I'll go to him. So I'm all over the place. you just want a good laugh, yeah. Yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> I love it. What about quote? Do you have a favorite quote you live by? Let's see. Yeah. So George Washington Carver's got a quote that says, "Take." I think it's, I'm going to try to get this exactly right, but it's take where you are and what you have make something of it, and never be satisfied. I learned that when I was playing football in Eastern New Mexico. I I played football on a scholarship for a while, and that was – we were at a small school, and Mm -hmm. so that quote really fit well with us. We didn't have a big budget, but we won a lot of football games. And I was able to take that with me through pretty much everything I've ever done. And I think it's something that applies to everyday life, whether it's the house you live in or it's the career or it's the business you work for or what you're trying to get accomplished there – it's a pretty simple thing. You know, take who you are, take what you got and make something with it. You're never going to have all the employees you need. You're never going to have all the cash. Especially you now in the basin. <laughs> you never, oil will never be the price you want it to right. be. None of that stuff ever comes together at the same time, but you always have something to work with. And if you can make something out of that and then continue to never be satisfied with what the result is, I think it can take you a long way in life. Absolutely. I love that. That is one of my new favorite quotes. Thanks for sharing that. What about business tool? Is there one business tool that you use in in your, you know, successful career that you would like someone that's young coming into oil and gas to know like what worked for you? This is going to sound kind of weird, but I'd say people. Mm -hmm. I've been so blessed 
for my original career, when I very first got here, I worked with guys that had been doing it 30 or 40 years. I mean, they had all kinds of experience, right? And and I would lean into them heavily and I got so much out of them. And it, I mean, they were mentors, not officially, but they were mentors to mm-hmm. me through that whole piece. When I, when I got my first management job, a couple of those guys that used to be my management actually ended up working for me. Wow. That's a full circle moment. Oh, it was weird, right? But but it was good too, because yeah. I had guys on my team that had been there and done what I was doing, whether it was internally or externally, they'd done it before. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to lean into that, right? And I was able to learn from those people. And at every stage in my career, I've always been able to find a few people that have been there a little longer, been doing it a little longer and learn from them. Because I no doubt I was able to move up into positions that I may or may not have even been close to ready for at the time, Right. But with that experience and with those people thinking my corner and teaching me and learning from those guys, I was able to take it a long way and and have a pretty good career, you know, so far throughout this throughout this journey. And without the people, I don't think I'd be where I am today. Awesome. What about leadership? I know you, you've been in these leadership roles. What do you think makes a good leader? <laughs> so you, I could talk all day long about leadership, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a big topic for it, me. I, I it's, it's a good one. It's a thing that I lean into that I think is really important. I heard a guy say one time, and I think it was John Maxwell. It probably was. Probably, he I love says Maxwell. everything about leadership, right? He said, I never knew when I was being a good leader, but I really knew when I wasn't being a good leader. Oh. And and that I took that to heart when I read that or heard that one time, because I think it's very true. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that leadership is key to all organizations functioning properly. And you can tell when it's there and you can really tell when it's not there. One of the biggest problems I think a lot of guys get into is they get in these roles where they put them in a management role or they put them in a quote unquote leadership role and they don't thoroughly understand the difference in what their true job is, right? And we, we used to say all the time that you manage the business and you lead people, right? Mm-hmm. So you manage the PL, you manage headcount, you manage, you know, your cash flow, you manage your products and your delivery times and all those things. But you have to lead people. And there's a big difference in those two things. Mm -hmm. And I think if you really want to get the culture right, if you want to get the team right, you've got to be able to go out and lead people in the right way and not just manage them all day long. And I think that's it's super important. I love that. And it's so true because you can't get a feeling from a spreadsheet, but you can get a feeling from a person. Absolutely. And you... I mean, that we are taught now to look at the spreadsheet, mm-hmm. but that doesn't tell the whole story. No, it doesn't tell it the just whole tells story. tells a little itty bitty part. <laughs> no, and in fact, most of, the, most of the time, it's just a little bit of statistical data that may or may not show the right result that you're looking for at any given time. And you can tell the people that, that lead by spreadsheet mm-hmm. and the ones that actually get out in front and lead with purpose. Yes. And I think that's really important. You know, connecting purpose back to people is huge. Most people need to understand why they come to work. That's another thing we always just say. If you can find the why behind the how, you can get a long way, right? So if people can figure out why they come to work and why they do what they do beyond just a paycheck, you can really connect them back to the culture you want to see. So if you can set your culture right, engage your people right, and you can create leaders through that group, then I think it goes a long way to taking the company to, to changing the culture in the company to where you want it to be. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. We are running out of time. I, I knew this was going to happen fast. <laughs> I, I told, I, I, well, I told you, I was like, this is going to go by so fast. And here we are almost <laughs> at a half an hour. And I'm like, no, I have more questions. But I wanted to 
ask you as a final question, is there anything that coming into today's podcast that you, you, you're like, okay, I get to visit with Krista. What do I really want to say? And that maybe we haven't talked about it yet that you want to get out. It could be about the Permian. It could be about oil and gas. It could be, Hey, shout out to the kids. It could be anything. (laughs) Shout out to the kids. But your kids are adorable and your wife is beautiful. So, I mean, is there anything else you want to say? I think right now it's a tough time right now. And I think people just need to not forget, you know, where we came from and the network that exists here. Lean on people, lean into people when you can. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important right now. I know there's a lot of people out there that are, gosh, they got a lot rougher than I do right now. It's a tough time out there. And I think if we stick through this, this we're going to come out on the other side. Things are going to get better. They're going to improve again. And I think the most important thing is to learn, remember this side, and also remember whatever you gained during 2020. If anything I got out of 2020, it was learn what's important in life, right? And mm-hmm. let's not forget about that when things take off again. And and get crazy again, right? Let's stay close to each other and continue to network and keep the Permian tight the way it is. Absolutely. Thank you, Ross. It was wonderful. You're welcome. And I love what you said there because the whole year of 2020, I kept thinking, I don't want to forget the good oh, that absolutely. we found during this year because mm-hmm. I know there was so much heartache and there was so much, you know, so many challenges mm-hmm. and so much struggle, but there was a lot of good. Absolutely. And I love that, that, you know, we can point that out. Don't forget the good of 2020. Ross, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to reach out to you, how do they find you at Andrew's Pump and Supply? Oh gosh, they can find us on Facebook. They can get on LinkedIn and they can find us. We're always posting stuff on there and they can they can find me. I'm out there all over the place. If you need to reach out, please reach <laughs> out. We'd be happy to help out in any way we can. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this time today. And thank you for thinking up Permian perspective. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, Krista. I asked earlier, I asked Ross, who's your community MVP? And I love this. You guys are in for a treat. You ready? So he told me about a group, a new group just started called Give a Damn About Midland. Yeah, I, believe. I, I think it's called 100 Guys Who Give a Damn About Midland. And you'll listen to this video. Okay, we're going to listen to this video. So just sit back and let me make sure my volume is up and listen. Here we go. Are you a dude who gives a damn about Midland? If so, you're exactly who we're looking for. I'm Jeff Hughes with 100 Men Who Give a Damn About Midland. Our next meeting is this Thursday, April 29th at Tall City Brewery. Show up anytime after 5, grab a beer, and come meet other guys who also give a damn about Midland. At around 6 o'clock, we're going to have three local nonprofits come and share their story of what they do for the community and the needs that they have. After all three have gone, we all take a vote. And the winning nonprofit walks away with a $100 check from every guy in the room. If we have 100 guys with $100 each, that's $10,000 that we can donate to a local nonprofit. So again, if you give a damn, I hope I can see you at Tall City Brewery this Thursday, April 29th. Thanks. Isn't that cool? I think it's pretty cool. I think it is too. I love that. We have so many amazing nonprofits. I just want to throw out that if you are here in West Texas, we hope that you will join us on May 18th on all the major networks and Basin PBS, which I'm, of course, a little partial to love Basin PBS. <laughs> but we are going to host a telethon that is going to benefit all the nonprofits in West Texas. And so the fact that these guys are coming together and they are doing you know, what they can, They're, they get to network and they get to have fun. And these three nonprofits get a chance for some money that instantly, I think that is fantastic. So hats off. I haven't even met him. I don't, don't know who he is, but Ross brought him in today. And I thought that is co- today's community MVP. So Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ross. A very special thank you to our sponsor today, NOV. As you know, NOV powers the industry that powers the world to stay up to date with the latest on what they're up to here in the Permian and beyond. You can follow NOV on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They are at NOV Global 
or on LinkedIn at NOV. Also, be on the lookout. They have a new podcast coming out, Inside Out with Asad Mahana, coming soon to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we love giveaways. I love, 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 love giveaways. You can win a combination briefcase, backpack, convertible bag to take you from the field to the office or the field to your favorite restaurant and enter this weekly giveaway at NOV.com slash Permian. Well, that's it for today. Oh, wait, I got one more question. What's the best kept secret that you think is here in West Texas, Ross? So I don't want to double down on this, but this is maybe for people that aren't from here. It's the people. The people are the best here. You won't find anybody better than you'll find in West Texas. And that doesn't matter if you're here or you're in Lubbock. This whole area out here is full of good people. And, you know, we usually have to drag people in here, but you usually have to drag them back out too. And and once you get here and you're a part of it, you really get to see that. And I always want to kind of preach that message to everyone that isn't here. Right. You might think it's the the roughest thing you've done. It's going to be the best thing you ever did to come out here. So Couldn't agree us. more. Couldn't agree more. Changed my life, I know for sure, and, and many others. Well, thank you again for joining us. And for those of you listening, feel free to pass this on to your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers, your family members, and let's all stay connected, learn together. Let's enjoy the Permian together because it truly is a beautiful place. Just remember my life motto is dream big, believe, and never give up. You make it a great day. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for May 2021. This month, we have four events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our online events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our in-person event, which is the 20 YPO's networking mixer at the Houston Club on May 25th. Next, we have our three online events, the Post-Industrial Summit Series from May 4th to June 22nd, the Data Fabric and Data Ops webinar on May 5th, and the Maritime Career Day hosted by Women Offshore on May 21st. Other than these events, OGGN has a live stream this month titled Identifying and Evaluating Advantage Oil Projects on May 5th. So make sure to check that out on our Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com for more information. You can also find more information about that or any of the live streams or events we have coming up also on Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for May. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.